Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. Absolutely, well, first of all, absolutely, I love DraftKings Sportsbook, but I also love this podcast you got to spread the word about it, please. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. I don't know another show that's three podcasts in one. We will get you ready for college football. We are a college football podcast. We will also place our bets in the biggest college football games. We are a college football betting podcast. We also will get you ready for the 2023 NFL Draft by letting you know the best prospects and by we, I really mean he. I'm talking about Emery Hunt. The guy is everywhere. He's got his own USFL show. He's got his own like direct TV channel or something. I don't even know how it works. You can check him out on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. He's football game plan on YouTube. He's Emery Hunt. He's an absolute stud. What is the deal with that, Emery? You have your own like channel and show on the weekends. Yeah, I'm on Next Level Sports. Uh, great channel. It used to be Eleven Sports. Remember that that network. Um, Next Level bought them out, and I've been lucky enough to you know be able to get a couple of shows on Next Level in the fall. We got three college football shows on Saturday. Here in the spring, we have a USFL show, and and we're already in talks for an XFL show next year, and potentially an NFL show during the fall. I I have a avoid right now between game plus network and next level trying to see where I want to put this NFL show. So I'm a big fan of next level. They've done a lot of great things. Awesome, man. Absolutely. Awesome. Keep killing. Obviously you see him on CBS HQ all the time. So we're going to get into the NFC North today and we're going to recap those draft picks, get your thoughts. This will be our last divisional breakdown of the 2022 NFL draft next week. We're going to dive into the USFL and the XFL a little bit. I saw recently Emory has been interviewing some of next year's XFL coaches. He was at the showcase. Obviously the USFL was wrapping up uh, with the championship. So we're going to talk to Emory about the USFL and the XFL because there's going to be more and more guys from those leagues getting opportunities in the NFL. 
And then the week after that, the week after 4th of July week, we will start to look ahead to the 2022 college football season. We'll start with the ACC, Emory's top 10 NFL prospects in the ACC. But first, oh, and by the way, I mean, I got two or three emails and YouTube comments that people wanted your late round picks and undrafted guys from the NFC East. We might get to that as well. Let's start, though, with the Chicago Bears. They had a lot of picks by design with the new general manager there, Ryan Poles. Early on in round two, they got two DPs, Kyler Gordon, the corner from Washington, and Jaquan Brisker, the safety from Penn State. Yeah, I like both guys, and I think them going in round two was ideal. I know there was some talk of Kyler Gordon going in round one, but I didn't really see that type of uh, you know potential or whatnot, but round two, great value, as well as Brisker. Both guys can play football, and that's the at the end of the day, that's what you want, guys that can play ball. Uh, Gordon, to me, um, is going to be someone they're going to count on to start right away, even Brisker as well. So getting help in the secondary – trying to shore up on the back end, guys that can attack the ball uh, going downhill. I think both players um, should fit in nicely here in Chicago. So I don't have a problem with those two second-round picks. Some people probably wanted them to go offense earlier in the draft, but defensively in the secondary, it's huge in this era of football. So I don't have a problem with them going that route, especially with these two players that have been productive uh, for quite some time. They're both good football players. Yeah, a lot of people were surprised they haven't gotten Justin Fields better weapons or a better line around him. What they did do in round three was pick up Bellis Jones, the wide receiver from Tennessee, and in round five, Braxton Jones, the offensive tackle from Southern Utah State. He's a monster. Yeah, he's really good, man. If you go back and watch his game against San Jose State, he was more than holding his own uh, against you know, FBS competition out there on the left side. He is a fantastic offensive lineman. And you look at these O-line picks. They went Braxton Jones to Tyree Carter out of Southern, who had a really good senior bowl week, Doug Kramer and Zach Thomas. To me, that tells you they want to get depth up front along the offensive line. They're expecting, you know, guys like uh, Larry uh, Barham and also Tevin Jenkins, more in particular, taking huge steps in year two. So I love that they built up the offensive line from a depth perspective. And Bayless Jones, to me, he and their six-round pick, Tristan Ebner, two of the best special teams players in the draft. Outstanding return specialists, both of them. So if they're trying to play the field position, win with defense, salt the game away, I can now start to see the vision. But, man, Bayless Jones, to me, is more a special teamer, um, then he's going to be an impact receiver. Maybe he can have an impact as a receiver, but I see him more along the lines of impacting the return game, more in particular the punt return game, while Ebner is more of your kickoff returner uh, with that blazing speed. So they went special teams, depth up front, and defense uh, secondary with this draft. It's really fascinating to watch this philosophy play out for polls. There are other picks. Dominique Robinson, edge rusher from Miami, Ohio. I've called a couple of his games. He went from quarterback to wide receiver to D-end, and he looks perfect. Like, if you drew up a defensive end 
and how you would like their physique to look, it's Dominique Robinson. Shredded, crazy long arms. He's still just kind of developing. They took some O-linemen then. Zach Thomas, the guard from San Diego State. Doug Kramer, the center from Illinois. Jatiri Carter, the guard from Southern. And then Elijah Hicks, a DB from California. Anything on any of those guys, Emery, or their undrafted free agents? You talked about Dominic Robinson, another one that was really impressive at the Senior Bowl, but you're absolutely right. To see a guy go from receiver to defensive end or edge rusher uh, is unique, and he's not you know, playing the position like a receiver. He's very physical, and his upside is tremendous and through the roof. And there's an undrafted free agent that I really like in Allie Green. Uh, the fourth was a big-time playmaker at Tulsa. Then he transferred to Missouri. Um, depth guy, core special teamer long athletic corner that that gives them a chance right there to to build some depth. So again, between what they've done up front along the offensive line, getting younger, getting more depth there, uh, I don't have a problem with the O-line and defensive selections. Yes, you want to get another playmaker at wide receiver, but I think the biggest thing for Chicago this year is that uh, Justin Fields now goes into the offseason as the guy, and there's no fake, you know, shadow competition going on and he doesn't have to worry about looking over his shoulder so that's more than anything they could have drafted in my opinion here uh in in his draft so then you get to the detroit lions aiden hutchinson with the second overall pick if people watch this show on youtube.com slash ross tucker nfl or you listen it was a year ago that emory was the first person i heard anywhere say that Aiden Hutchinson was better than Quiddy Pay. I was – wait, wait. Michigan had another DN that was better than the guys who went in the first round? There was no hesitation. Emory did not stutter, and that's exactly what ended up happening. You know, the, the pick I want to ask you about, though, is Jamison Williams. They traded up from 32 to 12 to get him, Emory. You take a receiver at 12 and trade up to get him after he shreds his knee in January in the in the national championship game, you must really think he's special. He better be. And we we know how much I like Jamison Williams. He was my number one slot receiver in the draft class. But to your point, yeah, you just can't ignore the late season ACL tear. And granted, we're now in, you know, the medical realm where people look at ACLs like ankle sprains now. You know, I find it fascinating that people are expecting him to play at least nine games this season, which is still remarkable in and of itself. But, you know, you you have to worry, okay, we're, we're going to grab and stash because they traded up. They had the 32nd pick. But, man, you, you wonder if this was a luxury pick, and it clearly is because he's not expected to play right away. And you don't really know how much of that explosiveness he's going to gain back when he does get out there. So maybe they could have gone in a different direction. That's the question about the pick, not the player personally, because, again, he was my number one slot receiver. So I'm with you. That was a big question. And Hutchinson, again, when you watched Michigan last year, you just clearly saw someone that understood defensive end play um, a little bit more so than Quiddy Pate, which is why he was, in my opinion, the, the better defensive end. And I expect him to help bolster uh, their defensive line. This is a really good team that they're building out there in Detroit. Emery, you said something interesting. 
Why do you keep saying slot for Jamison Williams? I thought he was an outside deep threat guy. Listen, when you have that type of speed, it's almost I'm, – I'm looking at it from a CFL perspective, right? You A wide field. So the slot kind of gives you that element. When you have that speed running away from zone coverage and it doesn't have to worry about getting off the line of scrimmage, getting off press coverage, good luck. You better have someone as equally as fast – that likes to run because I will be running him on these deep over routes and crossers all day long. You think in terms of how Seattle does with um, Lockett, and it seems like he's always open on a, on an over route every game. That's Williams, in my opinion, especially when you look at who they have on the outside, Chark, um, Reynolds, and Amon Ross St. Brown. You throw Williams in that mix with those guys, you know, flanking him. It's going to be a problem if he returns to top tier speed because when you gave him that uh, that amount of space at Alabama, it was ridiculous. Next couple picks, round two and three: Joshua Pascal, the DN from Kentucky, and Kirby Joseph, the safety from Illinois. You know, Pascal was someone that that I really like. He was my number four or five technique. Um, he's six two two sixty eight. I have written down here in my notes: excellent technique playing up front, despite being an undersized DN. He does a remarkable job using his hands to disengage. So, again, you're getting someone that, that's kind of that, uh, I don't want to say elephant defensive end, but almost like a, a, a stand-up. He could be a stand-up uh, sandbacker. He could be someone that could would play with his hand in the dirt. Clearly, I see him as someone that could hold his own as a five-tech, so he could kind of kick him down inside. Love the versatility, and they needed pass rush help in Detroit. So you get Hutchinson, and now you get Pascal. I think that was two really good selections for for the Lions. And Joseph, I know a lot of people like Joseph. I thought Joseph was was kind of okay. Um, I see him more as a depth guy within this defense um, and, and probably a core special teamer from day one. The, the rest of their picks, fifth round, James Mitchell, tight end, Virginia Tech. Sixth round, Malcolm Rodriguez, linebacker, Okie State. Round six, James Houston, edge rusher, Jackson State, guarantee Emory says something about him. And then seventh round, Chase Lucas, cornerback, Arizona State. Those guys and the undrafted hall. James Mitchell is an underrated player that they got out of Virginia Tech. Man, he he was someone, he's my number three H-back. Athletic, great point of attack blocker, can get up and go get the football. He's going to be the perfect complement, in my opinion, uh, opposite of what they have in, in Hawkinson. So I thought that was a, a steal. Obviously, you talk about James Houston. I'm definitely going to talk about him. Uh, when you, I was at the um, NFLPA game and the East-West Shrine game. At the NFLPA, he was dominant. You know, they couldn't block him. And he was playing off the ball, which he hadn't played since he was at Florida because at Jackson State all season, he was a hand-in-the-dirt edge rusher defensive end and was leading the, F, leading the swack in sacks and TFLs. They had like 19 and a half TFLs and like 18 or so sacks. So pass rusher, he gets out to the NFLPA game, playing off-ball linebacker, holding his own in coverage, making plays on the ball um, in man end zone. He goes to, he gets a call up to the East-West Shrine Bowl and picks up right where he left off. Just played a whole week at, at NFLPA in Pasadena, goes to Vegas and drops right in and becomes one of the standouts at practice and also in the game. I think he's a potential starter, in my opinion. Um, someone that can do a lot. He's going to obviously start on special teams first, but I see him as someone that could kind of push 
you know, someone like Anzalone for that job or at least Chris Board. So I like what they have in Houston. And Rodriguez is another. He's more of your classic inside backer at Oklahoma State, very productive player. Um, but I think Houston is the one that that folks really need to get familiar with. And undrafted free agent hall, looking at it, um, not necessarily anyone that really jumps out at me. So they clearly, I thought, did a good job on defense. Corey Sutton is the one that I want to talk about. Uh, another core special team, a great athlete out of Appalachian State. Um, gives them a chance to, to play big on the outside, but also could help out uh, the special teams unit as well. I want to talk about Express. In particular, their button-downs. Look, everybody needs to update the button-downs in the summer. The polos, for sure. They got all kinds of new collar details, luxe fabrics, plenty of prints to pick from. It's just nice when you go out in the summer to have like some new clothes that you feel good about rather than the ones you've had for the last three years. They even have different kinds of different color denims, khaki, olive, white. Find something for every destination at Express, online or in-store. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Emery, let's get to the Packers. And they love them some Georgia defensive players. Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt in round one. Love both picks, man. Wyatt is someone that's chaos on wheels. Walker has supreme length at the second level and can go and get the football. Run and chase type guy. Uh, and so that's going to help. Those those two players are going to help them out immediately up front. Wyatt can can be a pressure type player and Walker gives them someone that can play inside, can play outside, but definitely helps them better in the run game more so than what we saw last year from green Bay. Then you get to round two and three. Uh, Actually I'll go round two, three and four because they got two receivers and two O linemen. They got Christian Watson and Romeo dubs at receiver from North Dakota state and Nevada. I've called games for both those young men. And then on the O-line, they got Sean Ryan from UCLA and Zach Tom from Wake Forest. I'm glad you packaged it like this. I'll even throw in their seventh-round pick in Samari Touri uh, from Nebraska by way of Montana. I said that to say this. When you look at Green Bay's receivers, they clearly have a type. If you're long and can fly, you will find your way into Green Bay. Because when you think about Christian Watson, think about Romeo Dubs, straight go ball, vertical threats. Torrey is someone that can go get the football. Even though he played in the slot at Nebraska, he's someone that can get down the field and make acrobatic catches. He had a really good week at the East-West Shrine Bowl. So they clearly have a type that they like at wide receiver. So it's not surprising to see them attack that position this way. Um, And Sean Ryan is a solid offensive lineman. gives them good quality depth. Zach Tom, to me, was a steal. He was my number three guard uh, coming out of Wake Forest. Some people see him as a tackle, but that shows you how he can play any one of these positions. He is someone I have right here, has some of the quickest, assertive, and quietest footwork in the draft class. And that, to me, is worth his weight in gold. Green Bay has quietly hit some home runs 
with their offensive line selections in the last couple of seasons. They had my number one center last year in Josh Myers. They drafted Royce Newman, who I had an 80 grade on. They bring in Elton Jenkins a couple of years ago, outstanding player that can play across the front. Um, so now you add someone like Zach Tom. You got John Runyon, who you drafted. I think they're knocking it out the park with these O-line selections. So I'm not surprised that they went both with Ryan and Tom. Round five, Kingsley Enig Bear, the rusher from South Carolina. Round seven, Tariq Carpenter, the safety from Georgia Tech. Jonathan Ford, the D-tackle Miami. Rashid Walker, the offensive tackle from Penn State, in addition to Torre, who you mentioned. Walker, after his redshirt freshman year, Emory, I thought he had a chance to be a first-round pick. He had a very good redshirt freshman year, including his game against A.J. Epinesa, who was a highly touted kid coming out of Iowa. He just never really got better. The, the next two years, he didn't improve, and you know he barely got drafted, which I think he had an injury last year at Penn State that he didn't play through. You know that that's that's a shame because I loved his high school video and I I loved his redshirt freshman video. Yeah, and I spoke with him at the combine, and, and he was talking about you know trying to shed some of the perception about his game. And, and trying to really work through his struggles and, and being that veteran guy that saw a lot at Penn State. So we'll see how it translates to the preseason because, right, he was barely drafted. And, and that's huge for someone that a lot of people, like you talked about, saw him as a potential first-round pick. Um, and then you look at Kingsley out of South Carolina. He, he looks the part, right? He, he's a physical guy, gives them good depth up front. I think he's going to be someone that can kind of come in, spare, spare a, a series or two, for one of their frontline players and does a good job in playing the run. He's got to be a little bit more consistent. So for me, I love the depth there with with, um, with Kingsley. Uh, and I'm looking at some undrafted free agents, and, and clearly there's only one you want to really talk about, and that's Chauncey Manack out of Louisiana. I mean, clearly. <laughs> you know, this dude has uh, – and, and boxing references uh, are about to come, whether it's George Foreman, whether it's Larry Holmes, you know, type hand strength, and when he punches you – he can anchor. He sets a physical edge. He has a knack for making the big play and was really good out there at the NFL PA game. Um, I thought he was someone that was in line to get drafted. He's another one of these former Georgia Bulldogs that found their way on the Green Bay Packers roster, transferred from Georgia to Louisiana, and was one of the best defenders at the point of attack. So, again, someone that's kind of like uh, Kingsley out of South Carolina that can kind of help them out uh, up front. Last but not least, before we get to the NFC East undrafted guys, let's look at the Minnesota Vikings. Very similar to the Bears. They went DB with their first two picks, Emery. Lewis Seen, the safety from Georgia, and Andrew Boot, the corner from Clemson. Yeah, and Seen is interesting because he's kind of like what they have in Harrison Smith. Uh, may not have the best ball skills like Smith does, but definitely has the same impactful upon contact ability that Smith does. And you thought you, you look at Cameron Bynum, who they drafted last year, was a corner out of uh, Virginia Tech. I'm sorry, out of Cal, that they now play at safety. And he was really good as a, as a rookie playing at safety. So they got three safeties that they are going to be working with that, that look really good for them coming into the season. And they had to get better at corner. Um, you know, getting Andrew Booth, I think, is a good matchup guy can play inside or out, has you know, good technique, good instincts, and shows an ability to play the ball. So they needed help. They got help. And I think their secondary now looks like a, a significant strength 
uh, as opposed to being a question mark heading into the season, even though you're going to be counting on two rookies to make impacts. Then you get to round two and three. Ed Ingram, the guard from LSU. Brian Asamoah, the linebacker from Oklahoma. Listen, Asamoah is someone that um, he's a seek-and-destroy type player. And if you have those type of guys, um, you're going to be just fine. But I think when you look at Ingram coming out that program, here's someone um, for me that is a rock-solid player on the inside. So you, you get better up front. You get better within your run game. That guard center guard protection is key. Um, so adding depth there along the offensive line is critical when you have a quarterback like a Kirk Cousins that's not going to be the scrambler or, or someone like that. Um, so I, I like that pick. But, man, when you talk about, um, you know, Asamoah, like run and chase guy, he's not the biggest. He's about 225. Um, kind of fits the mold of what you want the inside backer to be. Uh, in this day and age of, of football. So like that pick as well, too. I think he's going to be just fine playing at the second level. Kind of gives him another guy that can come in uh, in reserve and help them out at that at that level. Rest of the draft, a, a Caleb Evans, the corner from Missouri, Adam Oyo, the DN from Minnesota, Ty Chandler, another North Carolina running back gets drafted, Vidarian Lowe, the tackle from Illinois, Jalen Naylor, wide receiver from Michigan State, and Nick Muse, the tight end from South Carolina, along with any of the undrafted guys that jumped out to Emory. The two offensive guys, Chandler and Muse. I was shocked that Muse went this late. Big fan of what he brings to the table. I see him as an H-back. Definitely has a role within this this, this, uh, this offense. And Chandler had a really good shrine game. Um, good explosiveness. Could potentially help them out in special teams. But Thomas Hennigan, undrafted free agent out of App State, I thought he was the better receiver on App State's football team. He was consistent. He runs great routes. He gets open. Does a fine job of tracking the football, has some nuance within this game. And I'm not saying this just because he's a white receiver, but he has a lot of what you see in Adam Thielen within this game. I thought Hennigan, um, you know, would have, I thought he was a senior last year. I feel like he's been there for, for a decade. So they get someone that can run great routes, gets open doesn't shy away from those 50-50 balls, and he killed my Cajuns numerous times over the course of his tenure. So I'm a big fan of Thomas Hennigan and what he brings to the table. Let's get to some of these undrafted guys, Emery, in the NFC East that people have been emailing about and wanting to. How about the Dallas Cowboys up uh, up first? Well, looking at some of their undrafted free agents on offense, um, Jaquari Roberson is someone that, that had a really good shrine game, speed guy to wake for us. Uh, really like his game. Fry Fogel is interesting. Remember, we were talking about him last year, and he was one of the top receivers in the Big Ten. A lot of people thought he was going to get drafted, maybe second-round type player. He goes undrafted, has an opportunity there as a big physical guy uh, with uh, Dallas. And on D- and Champlin, I called their game against the running back, Aaron Champlin, out of Harvard. Called, called their game against Georgetown. And he had, I want to say, over 230-something yards rushing that day, had numerous chunk plays. Um, I thought he was going to be coming back to Harvard, uh, but he's there. He's there. He has an opportunity there to make the play, make the roster as a special teamer. Story Jackson on defense, tremendous pass rusher at Prairie View A&M, transferred to Liberty, and was excellent as an edge rusher, double-digit sack type guy. So he has he has that build of, of Robinson that played, that we just talked about, that plays for um, – uh, Chicago, 
he's built like that and was super productive. So that's someone you want to keep an eye on for Dallas. And Marquise Bell out of FAMU thought he was going to be drafted, ran 4-4 out at the NFLPA game. You know, he's known as a safety at Florida A&M, almost like a, a rover type safety. But out there, he was playing on a boundary as a corner and was more than holding his own in one-on-one coverage. So they get some versatility. And then the reports, again, coming out of Cowboys, OTAs, and minicamp, said he's already thriving uh, down there making play after play. So big fan of, of his opportunity uh, to make a dent in that roster for Dallas. What about the Giants, Emery? You've already seen a lot of these guys up front and personal. Yeah, and, and going right to the fullback position, man, Jeremiah Hall out of Oklahoma is someone to keep an eye on. He can be a single back. He can be an inline tight end. He can be a traditional fullback. He can be an H-back. He can be a flex tight end. He is so versatile, and the Giants have big plans for him. He is someone that's going to be one of these undrafted free agent gems that we're talking about midway through the season. Big fan of what he has already shown uh, at Giants camp. And you know I'm a big fan of Deshaun Corbin, the undrafted free agent out of Florida. He was my number one running back. So I like his fit here because I think he has a great opportunity to be that RB2 uh, behind Saquon Barkley. Special teams are going to have to be his way initially. He's a, a very good kickoff returner, so he has a lane there. Uh, they're working with him, trying to get him to return punts also. So those are two guys offensively, and as well as the two tight ends, keep an eye on Austin Allen, tall guy out of Nebraska, very good receiver. Um, blocking can be a work in progress. Andre Miller, talented wide receiver coming out of Maine. He's making a transition to tight end for the Giants, and they're very high on him. So that's someone that you want to watch. He was like my number six inside receiver. So he was already on that spectrum of being a flex type tight end. So it's fascinating to see him playing at corner. Two guys, Darren Evans out of LSU by way of Nichols and Zion Gilbert out of FAU. I, I tweeted this out when I was at OTA and rookie minicamp as well. When you look at the Giants secondary, everybody is built like Cordell Flott, their corner that they drafted out of LSU. Everyone's six two, about 180. Right, so they got some long length at corner. Evans, if he like we said before in the show, if he would have stayed at Nichols, he probably would have been a draft pick, big fish, small pond. Zion Gilbert out of FAU has already made a lot of plays in camp. He's going to be outstanding um, for the Giants in the preseason. So I like both of those guys. I think they have a really good chance um, to, to really make the roster. So those are some of the undrafted free agents that that really stood out to me, and also Trenton Thompson, sight unseen, San Diego State. He is someone that could play anywhere in the secondary. Again, 6'2", about 190, long, length, heady player. Giants, I thought, cleaned up as in the undrafted free agent market. What about the Eagles, Emery? Philadelphia, looking at their undrafted free agents, um, scrolling this. Uh, Britton Covey, I don't care how old he is. I know every time I saw him touch the football, um, it was a touchdown on a return. So that helps out your special team. I'm all in on him. Kennedy Brooks is a unique player because I feel like Philly has a, a – they they really need a foundational back. You know, they got a bunch of guys that I think are, are good RB2 types, right? Brooks has a chance to make the roster. And for whatever reason, I feel like he has that, that opportunity of cracking a lineup. And also Noah Ellis. Point of attack strength just doesn't even make sense. And it's not surprising because he is of the football family Ellis's, uh, Luther Ellis and those guys. This kid here out of Idaho is 
he is someone that you cannot move. And so for me, looking at what they got in Jordan Davis, uh, Tui Polatu that they drafted last year, Ellis to me has an outstanding opportunity to to really you know make the roster. And Reed Blankenship was an underrated signing because I thought he was coming out last year. He came back to Middle Tennessee State. Great range for a safety. Doesn't take bad angles. Great open field tackler. Has a knack for making the big play when it needs to be made. Um, before they brought in Tart, I thought Blankenship had a chance to really sneak not only on the you know the practice squad but also on the 53 i still like his chances i thought that was a really good uh pickup for philadelphia what about the commanders emory last last team oh, commanders we talk about jaquez Ezard a lot on this show outstanding receiver returner from sam houston great opportunity for him quarterback cole kelly um six seven two fifty uh FCS player of the year won the FCS equivalent to the Heisman Trophy. Probably should have won it this year, too, and been back-to-back guys. He was an MVP at the NFLPA game. He is someone that I think uh, they're going to stash on this on this practice squad because they did draft Sam Howell. I like their quarterback room, to be honest. They, they got a lot of guys that, that are good athletes, and I like that. Uh, Armani Rogers. it took me about a good practice and a half out there at the Shrine Bowl to realize, oh, that's Armani Rogers that played quarterback at UNLV. And he looked like he played tight end his whole life for the Ohio Bobcats. Another one of these players that um, kind of like what they already have in Logan Thomas, former quarterback turned tight end. I like his ability and his chances to make the team there as well. And on defense, Farrah Gardner, clearly University of Louisiana. Good running chase backer. Glad he was able to find a home here. I'm a big fan of what he brings to the table in terms of his leadership core special teams type candidate along with Percy Butler, another Louisiana guy they drafted in the fourth round. But I think um, Gardner has a chance to to really make an impact as a special teamer because he was one of those leaders on that Cajuns defense. Check him out on Twitter at FBall Game Plan, Football Game Plan on YouTube. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod, and I cannot wait to dive into the USFL and XFL with Emery next week there's a lot i want to learn about it and nobody is on top of it like this guy should be fun other than that the keg is kicked we're all tapped out thanks for listening to the college draft podcast make sure to also subscribe to the ross tucker football podcast fantasy feast even money and the business of sports all available at apple podcasts ross or wherever podcasts can be found